Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking about the financial shortcuts that you need to know. All right, I like shortcuts. I'm not going to lie to you. I, if there's any way that I can move around doing something or find a shorter way to do it or a better way to do it, I am all about that. So hopefully you guys are as well. I have got uh, three financial shortcuts that I'm going to talk about, but there are five really awesome ones. And I recently wrote about them in an article for Policy Genius. So what I want you to do is head over to their blog on Policy Genius. The link is actually in the show notes. And you can read all of the five shortcuts plus some fun calculators and lots of cool information in that article. But today, we're going to talk about my top three favorite shortcuts. And the first one is called the 100 rule, all right? So all you need to remember is the 100 rule. And this rule talks about 
how to divide up your invested assets. So when you're investing in your 401k and your IRA and your Roth, right, you may have heard about like a 60-40 split. That is kind of the common uh, split that's talked about in finance. So you want 60% of your money in equities and 40% of your money in bonds. And in case you don't know, equities are literally just um, the stocks, right? So it's the mutual funds that are invested in stocks, equities. So they have a lot more growth. The bonds, on the other hand, um, do not offer as much growth as, as equity. So the idea is that the further along you get in life, the kind of the more that split balances out, right? So the older you get, the more bonds you want, because traditionally they're safer investments. They don't give you as much return, but they're more conservative than um, investing in stocks. So that's kind of the background about that. But I say that the 60-40 split is um, for the trash can. I don't like that split at all because I don't really think that represents you as you're going through uh, your investing years, right? You're young now, and in my opinion, you should be more aggressive. I know the market stinks right now. I know it sucks. It's an election year. It is a crazy election year. Um, If you don't live in the United States and you're listening to this podcast, just know that we're going nuts here in the United States. I don't even know what's happening. Sometimes I don't know if I'm watching like an episode on Comedy Central or what, but it's crazy. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And so the stock market is actually uh, reacting to that. And of course, there's lots of other things going on. Obviously, um, the things going on in ISIS, um, you know, the refugee crisis, all of these sorts of things are really infecting, infecting, affecting, that is the word. Actually, they are infecting, but they are affecting um, our stock market. And so there's lots of crazy wildness going on right now. But it's still good for you to have at least a couple toes on a foot invested in the stock market because in the long run, you're going to get a better opportunity for gain. And yeah, you may suffer some losses along the way. This is just the new reality. This is just the way it's going to be. But there are going to be some years where you get a lot of gains. And right now, you can't really get that anywhere else. Like everybody's telling me, oh, I should invest in real estate and this and that. Well, real estate is great, but let me break it down to you. Real estate is not liquid. So what that means is if you invested $100,000 in real estate and tomorrow you needed that $100,000, you couldn't get your hands on it. It's not a liquid asset. And so a lot of people put all of their money, especially young millennials, you guys all want to invest in real estate. There's all these shows on HDTV. And I know I'm totally sucked in just with the rest of you. But you should know that it doesn't always work out for the best. So you don't always get 20, 30, 40,000 plus of equity in your house. It really depends on where you live. Um, There's all sorts of factors. So, okay, that was a little bit of a rant. Um, But just my point is it's still good to have some money invested in the stock market. I know it's wild. I know it's crazy. We can all hold each other's hand, but we can get through this. So back to my 100 rule. So here's what I need you to do. This is the easiest way to figure out the best percentage breakdown for how much you should be in equities and how much you should be in bonds. And all you do is this. You take 100 and you subtract your age. All right. So let's say you're 30. You would want 70% of your money in equities and 30% bonds. See, it's super, super simple. So every year you get older and Honestly, you really don't have to do this until about every like five-year mark, but 
if you wanted to every year kind of rebalance, it's not a bad idea. I know there's a lot of you that don't even open your statements from your 401k or IRA or Roth. Please, please, that pains me. It seriously pains me. I can feel it like in my chest when you're not opening that envelope or you're not looking at your quarterly statement. At least take a glance. Even if you don't know what the heck you're looking at, you know a few things, right? You know if money's going up, you know if money's going down, and you should look at where your money is invested, right? This is your money, people. Don't just put it in some sort of uh, mutual fund and then never look at it, okay? I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. 
They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. All right. So if you don't know anything about investing and you're listening and you're like, I don't even know where to start, there are a couple great places and I've talked about them a lot on podcasts, but let me just do a refresher. So Morningstar, there's a site called Morningstar.com and they're kind of the um, creme de la creme, if you will, in researching different funds. They have all sorts of, of different articles on there. They have different tools you can use. Some cost money and some don't, but you can always go on Morningstar and look up a particular mutual fund or stock and see what the heck it's invested in, see how it's rated. Um, Even if you don't know what you're doing, just do a little bit of research. You can always hire a financial planner, guys. You can hire somebody like myself. I'm sure there are certified financial planners all around you, and you can hire them even for an hour or two to come in and just help you figure out what to invest your money in. So that's a good thing to do. I've also talked about Wealthfront and Betterment and Bloom and Goldbean, all of my favorites, that can help you invest your money for a really low fee, all right? And that's what it's all about. So while I'm on the subject of the 100 rule, um, I got a question about target date funds. And I'm going to go on a little bit of another rant right now. And I'm going to tell you guys why I do not like, dare I say the word hate, target date funds. So a target date fund is based off of the year that you plan to retire, right? So when you're filling out Um, your fund selection, you'll see ones that say like retirement date 2050 or whatever it may be. And you're supposed to calculate, um, you know, what year it is that you're planned to retire and you pick that fund. And the idea is that they auto invest for you along the way. Here's why I don't like them. They underperform consecutively against other fund choices. Two, they're not all alike. So You could look at two different target date funds from two different companies, and there could be a huge swing in returns. Third, there's high fees in target date funds. There really are, and I'm going to talk to you about how to figure out what the fees are in just a sec. I know they're an easy choice, right, because you just pick it, you set it, you forget it, but I want you to be smart. I want you to know your costs, and I want you to know what you're investing in. I want you to do a little bit of research, And I want you to remember that big fees don't equal a big return, all right? So it's not, um, you know, if you go and you stay in a hotel and you pay like a high fee to stay at a Four Seasons or Ritz-Carlton, you're expecting luxury, right? You want to be pampered, you want the robes, you want the slippers, right? You want the marble, you want all of that luxury, right? But when you're investing your money, you don't want to pay high fees. And that does not mean, it does not guarantee you, it doesn't mean you're going to get a big return. So here's what I want you to do. If you've never looked at this before, pause the podcast, go look at this now. So in your 401k, your IRA, your Roth, all of those, I want you to know what your expense ratio is. And it will tell you on each fund what your expense ratio is. So what this literally means is how much this fund is costing you. 
So let's pretend the expense ratio said 1.05%. That would mean you're paying $105 a year on like a $10,000 investment. Let's just pretend you had $10,000 in this fund. You're paying $105 a year, all right? So the object, of course, is to get that expense ratio as close to zero while still investing in a quality fund. And lastly, all I'm going to say on this little rant is that advice is really personal. And, and my question is always, why would you let someone else pick your future? So a target date fund, they're picking what you're investing. They're making the choices for you. Why would you do that? Why don't you just pick it yourself, invest in you, spend just a little bit of time to do some research, hire a financial planner for an hour or two, hire Wealthfront or Betterment or Bloom or Goldbean or any of those places let an expert help you do this, right? But help them, they're going to help you design this that's going to be catered to yourself. So you're not going to get the same slice of the pie that everybody else is getting, right? Think of it like a hot fudge sundae, right? I like mine loaded up. I like the whipped cream. I like the nuts. I like the cherry, um, all of that, right? But lots of people like different versions of hot fudge sundae. So if I went out and told everybody they had to eat my version of a hot fudge sundae, they may not like the hot fudge sundae anymore, right? <laughs> you may not even like hot fudge. I can't really understand why you wouldn't like hot fudge, but you may not like hot fudge. So my point is, right, just spend a little time. It's not that hard, guys. And if you make a mistake, who cares? You can change it at any point in time. Okay, the next uh, financial shortcut is the 50-20-30 budgeting rule. And I know I've talked about this, but it is an easy way to divide up your budget and a good way to kind of like check and see if you're in line with these numbers with your current budget. So here's how it works, all right? 50% of your take-home pay is to go towards your fixed expenses on your budget. And these are things like rent, mortgage, groceries, car payments, um, your minimum credit card payments, student loans, all of those fixed things. And I add groceries in there because, let's face it, guys, we've got to eat. I mean, there's no way around it. You can't make groceries a variable expense. Now, eating out, that's a variable expense because we don't necessarily have to go out. And we know it's a lot more expensive most times to go out. So count groceries in this 50%, all right? So 50% of your take-home pay whatever that number is, on your budget should go to these fixed expenses. 20% should go to your savings. This includes your savings for your high-yield savings account, any savings, um, other accounts that you're using for your goals, but also your contributions to your 401k, IRA, and Roth. Okay, those count as your savings towards that 20%. The 30% is for your flexible, variable, or I like to call them your funsies. So these are all the things that you like to do, you want to do, eating out, um, excess credit card payments. Okay, nobody actually really, really wants to do that one, but you understand where I'm going. Uh, gym membership, subscriptions, entertainment, all of these things. And remember, this is where everybody's budget breaks down, okay? If I asked you to go to your budget right now and I asked you to compare it against what you actually spent last month, I guarantee you there would be issues in this column because nobody gets it right. It's impossible for us to get it right. So we just try to do the best that we can. So try to keep this to 30% of your take-home pay or no more than 30% going to these funsies. 
Okay, so that's a really easy rule, 50-20-30. If you're lost, if you're starting a budget for a first time, or if you want to dial in and just make some tweaks in your budget, try to use that rule and see where you land, and then make some you know, changes to try and fall into that, into that rule. Okay, the last rule I'm going to talk about, or shortcut actually, but it is a rule, is the 72 rule. And okay, if you guys need a good like party trivia game, this one um, you can use over and over again. Um, people might not think it's funny, but they're going to think you're really super stinking smart, all right? So the way this rule works is the rule of 72 helps you estimate the number of years it will take for your money to double. Why would you need to know this? Well, there's lots of reasons. Maybe you're trying to figure out like when you're going to have enough down payment savings to buy a house or to put down payment on a car, um, or maybe you're saving to pay off debt, or maybe you just want to take like an awesome you know vacation or even like a year off. Maybe you want to travel for a year and you need to figure out how much interest do you need to earn on your money um, in order for your money to double. So there's two ways to do this. The first way, let's say we knew the interest rate, right? But we're trying to figure out how many years it's going to take for our money to double. So what you would do is divide 72 by 7%, let's say that's the interest rate, and you're going to get 10.3 years. So in 10.3 years, your money is going to have doubled, all right? But we can change this and go backwards with it. So we could say, what interest rate do you need for your money to double in 10 years? So then you would just take 72 divided by 10, and you'd get 7.2 years, all right? So you can work this one both ways. It's a fun little shortcut. Um, I actually find myself using it more often than I think I would ever use it. Um, it helps me guesstimate a lot of things, especially, like I said, if I'm saving for a big purchase or something like that. I can just kind of, off the tip of my head, figure out, you know, how long is this going to take me or what sort of interest rate do I need to earn in order to, you know, save enough money to be able to achieve this goal. All right, guys. So there's three of my very, very favorite financial shortcuts. Like I said, head on over to Policy Genius. The link is in your show notes. You can hear all of the five different uh, financial shortcuts that I've got. And like I said, there's all sorts of calculators and fun, cool tips in there. So be sure and check that out. Um, if you're looking for life insurance, Policy Genius is really super easy. They've got a great system, and you can apply for term insurance right there with Policy Genius. So it's um, kind of a one-stop shop for you if you're looking for that as well. All right, so as always, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Shauna Game, Instagram at Millennial underscore Money, and head on over to our website, yourmillennialmoney.com. We've got a new, improved website with some really cool things happening.